This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The 1-2 to Suzuki is ripped to deep left center, and they will turn the outfielders and watch that one go. A two-run bomb for Seiya Suzuki. Welcome back in to Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Mark Grody here with you until noon on The Score. What a great show so far. A lot of Bulls talk. Ricky O'Donnell, wonderful from SB Nation. We'll talk more Bulls later. Also, just got to talk to Andy Garcia, giving us the the kind of the post-game play-by-play from Westwood One and the interview with Mike Krzyzewski, which he was, you know, one of four people in the room with. So very entertaining stuff. But I was driving around a lot yesterday, and that gave me lots of radio time. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, Matt Spiegel's doing play-by-play this week. So I turned on the game, and there was my guy, Matt Spiegel, crushing the play-by-play. The Cubs beat the Angels 5-4. to four. I got to ask you really quick here, Spiegel. I heard the home run call of Seiya Suzuki. Didn't you do like a... A Sia Suzuki, was there something that was taken off of the end of that home run or call, or was that the home run call? Yeah, no, that that was the home run call, but yeah, it went on a little bit longer, and I slipped in a Sia later. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> That's what I wanted to I hear. Had, I had, yeah, th- so yeah, there's a little, there, I think there's a longer version of that call, whether it's in the system or not, oh. or whatever. But um, <clears throat> yeah, man, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't help it, and I didn't script anything. The only thought that I had for Seiya was I wanted to sing Outcast Heya. I wanted it because I thought I could go Seiya, Seiya, ow, ow. But every, everybody I ran that by, including my wife and my radio uh-huh. show, they right. all said, yeah, don't do that. Don't do wow. that. So, wow. So I did not. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best. So what do they say? Sometimes less is more, Matt. Hey, Mark, that is the lesson of the entire process. I have so many nuggets on every player, or most players anyway. I've got storylines, things I want to talk about, uh-huh. but you can't you can't try too hard to get that stuff in. Oh, so I, I mean, Len Casper has been one of many to really help and give great constructive advice and you know, people I texted after the game last night because I had so much fun yesterday. But one of the things Len says is like, really, and he was talking about the fifth inning, but it's true for the whole thing, 
is remember you're getting on and off a moving train. Mm. You know, it's like it just keeps going. The game keeps going. Yep. I gotta fo- I gotta yep. focus on the action and giving people the action. And uh, and if there's time to get stuff in, great. But if not, who cares? So you don't use it. it Whatever. Maybe use it the next game. Exactly. I remember, you know, I did a, a couple of play-by-plays and, and occasional. I know you did. I know yeah, you did. With, with Pat, and I remember one of the times that it was a game in Cincinnati, and it was Pat and I, and I was doing color for most of the game. It was, it was Ron Coomer was just off for some reason. I was so I was the the color guy, which, as you can imagine, would be a little bit intimidating to sure. be the color guy to Pat Hughes, who knows more baseball than anybody in that uh, whatever stadium we were in at the time. I guess I said Cincinnati. So, you know, with that wealth of knowledge. So I'm like, okay. And I thought I was doing all right, you know, do, doing what was in my wheelhouse. But in, And I, I was prepared like crazy. And Pat, at maybe it was like the second inning, just during the break, very calmly says to me, he goes, you might want to save some of the material for later on in the game. You don't want to <laughs> use it all right now. I mean, cause of I was course. trying to impress everybody. I'm like, I'm like, this guy did that. And that guy did. And here's a story on that. And uh-huh. so that is, that is a, and, it, and it's different when you're doing play by play. It is a difficult trick for sure, but it's, it sounds like you're, you just sound so joyous while you're doing it. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. You know, yesterday was a, a blast. Um, start to finish. Elise Meneker was terrific as a yes. color analyst. Yes. Um, three-time All-Ivy League third baseman for Cornell. I believe she still holds the school record for doubles. She knows hitting, so that's that. That's great, you know. So I, I set her up to talk hitting plenty, and 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 we did we did what play-by-play and, and color partners are supposed to do: try to you know let let each other do the thing. I had um and I just wanted to sound comfortable, man. And, and I come on. I gotta say a Suzuki home run. I know. And 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 then a three-run walk-off rally for a win. Growths. Uh, and yeah. That it was outrageous. I got to call a walk-off, and I felt it coming. <laughs> it was so funny because that guy Grayson Bird. He enters the yes. game. A minor uh-huh. leader Grayson Bird enters the game. He's playing first. He immediately gets a ground ball, and it's a um, three to one. He throws it to the pitcher covering. Next one, he gets another ground ball. It's three unassisted, and he puts up the Heisman to the pitcher so confidently, oh. like, I, I got this. I got this, buddy, you know? And then wow. and then the third out is another three-to-one play, and so he's the star defensively of his first ever inning of a spring training ball as a minor leaguer. And... And I, I'm, I'm like looking at the lineup as we go to the ninth, and I'm like, well, it'll be three up, and then our guy Grayson Bird gets to come oh, in, and, and, oh. and totally felt it for some reason. One of those weird oh my moments. God. So I'm looking forward to talking to him today. Locker room access is at 12:30 local time out here, and I'm gonna find Grayson Bird and just just congratulate him on his <laughs> moment and let him know that that his moment was also my moment. We shared a moment. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean I think that that's that's very cool. And I have to be honest, like I didn't hear the call because I heard like the, I was okay. in the car for maybe the first, you know how it works. I was in the car for like five innings. So I heard a lot of your play by play, but cool. the, the, so, so wait, I didn't wait, get so that to, means, yeah, that, that means you didn't catch the walk off, which is fine. What well, you also didn't, didn't, wait, hold on. Yeah, what you also yes. didn't catch 
was my awkward seventh inning and probably top of the eighth when all these new guys were coming in and I was oh. scrambling and terrified oh. and making sure I get it right. Like, who are the, how do you pronounce this person's name? That number, who's number Thanks. 97? You know, that exactly. Kind of yeah, people think like these minor league games, like it's a good training ground for play by play guys. It's like a master's course because of the, it's not, <laughs> there's nothing easy about it. And then the play by play becomes harder when you can't identify names or positions. Yeah, can I tell you something funny? Uh, yesterday, yeah. I walked up, I sat next to, to Boog Shambi for a second in the press room, and I said, Boog, can I ask you something I'm too embarrassed to ask anybody else? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I sa- I sa- he said, sure. I said, when somebody gets reassigned to minor league camp, yeah. they could still be in a game the next day, right? He said, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. oh yeah, and then I, and then I said, I said, and the, this list of non-roster invitees that I have, uh-huh. in addition to yes. the 40-man roster, that's yes. not the full list of who might come into a game. And he's like, Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. But yeah, he's, he's like, spring's hard, man. Spring is hard. You know, it just oh, is. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it is not to be messed with. And I saw your so I saw your tweet last night saying something about Grayson Bird, and like I kind of tuned it out because I was like, what is he tweet? Is he tweeting about you know like is this is that a college basketball guy? Is that the guy that hit? Sure. Uh, is that the guy that hit Alex Caruso? Grayson Bird? Who was? <laughs> I, so I, honestly, like that was my my reaction was I don't feel like looking looking at this right. I have no idea. And then as time went on, I start, I was reading. I was like, oh 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 wait, Speaks got the call a walk off yesterday like a three-run yes. homer like that's that i mean it, i know it's preseason but in the grand scheme of things it's still a pretty like you probably felt like that was a real game at that point oh a hundred percent i mean you got to treat it like it was a real game i, I did and, and the minor leaguers were the, the guys that were in you know i think grayson bird was a first uh carlos sepulveda was at second delvin zen was at short Jacob Wetzel in left field. Owen Casey, oh, the man. young prospect. Owen Casey, the young prospect. Part of the uh, package that came from San Diego for Darvish was in right. He looked great, sure. by the way. Had had oh, two okay. hits. Right. It had two hits on two first pitch fastballs, just smacking the ball. Um, and then who, who else? Um, a, a kid named Edwin American was in center. But these are all like rookies getting their shot, you know. And 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 yeah. so it was it was a real game to them. And then this morning. I saw a tweet from Paul Bird, B-Y-R-D, the uh-huh. former pitcher, the former pitcher yeah. for the Cle- Cleveland that's, Indians. That's who I always think. Yep. Yep. And he said, I'm proud my son, Grayson Bird, hit a walk-off yesterday. Oh, and so that is his son. I didn't know. I, 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 I didn't I, know hey, either. Man, I, 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 you know, this is the thing. Like, when you're doing those games, they give you a list of who might come in, and there's, okay, Grayson Bird. So... You know, now I know that's 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 Paul Bird's kid. So that's, no wonder he looked so comfortable that he could give the pitcher the Heisman. He's been a he's been the son of a major leaguer his whole life. Yeah, you know? it seems like there's so many father-son connections now in baseball. It just feels like that yes. over the last yes. ten years or so. But and so I think that I actually in my brain I kind of assumed that, especially that spelling, the B Y R D, that yep. that Grayson might have been the son, the son of a uh, of a Paul Bird who played right. forever. So hopefully he could have the same kind of career. Right. And, um, and, and we were joking, uh, Elise Meneker and I yesterday that we've been huge Grayson bird fans since like two 30 yesterday, <laughs> just like long, just forever. 
know? well, it's e- well, it's funny <laughs> when you look up my, when you look up preseason games and you don't know their names. It's either it's one of two things. It's it is like like Bird. It's a twenty it's a twenty fourth round twenty or twenty nineteen guy twenty fourth round or wow. Spiegs. It's the thirty year old infielder who's been on nineteen teams and has never and is like Patrick Wisdom. It's that yes. type of guy that you're like oh oh he's actually not a prospect he's actually 30 years old or something like it's amazing the range on these rosters absolutely so you had the the suzuki two-run homer i want if you don't mind speaks i would like to with all of us here can we can we hear the the grayson bird walk off home run can we do that since we've been talking about it forever um caesar i i hope that we can hear that right now the one-two to Suzuki is ripped to deep left center, and they will turn the outfielders and watch that one go. A two-run bomb for Seiya Suzuki. He goes deep for his second hit as a Cub, his second home run. He stops and shares a bow with Willie Harris as he rounds third. Cubs have tied it two to two. Say you later to that baseball from Seiya Suzuki, an absolute no doubter to deep left center. All right, well, we got the extended. We didn't want that there necessarily, but <laughs> we we did get the extended version of the Seiya Suzuki home run. Does this mean we don't have the Grayson Bird home run? Is that what's going on back there, or what's happening here? Okay, all right. Well, speaks. I'm sorry. I no guess. worries. I guess we don't have it. Uh, I can't let you go without asking you one other. The the Sean Manaya, I don't know if you heard. I'm I'm sure you have. To the Padres? Yep, yep. Sean Manaya going from the A's to the Padres. Did you ever think that that was something that could come to fruition with the White Sox? Or had you given up on it like I had anyway? No, I hadn't given up on it. um, But, you know, that's one year of control. So one year of Sean Manaya for the Padres who are just... You know, it's just a, a crazy, frantic franchise. Who They don't do a very good job of pitcher development, and they spend a lot of money right now, so they end up trying desperately to scrounge for pitching however they can. Remember, they gave starts to Jake Arrieta in August of last year. They gave oh my goodness. starts to Vince Velasquez in August, and that is a member of the White Sox depth chart, who I think I'm going to see on Monday when me and Coomer are doing White Sox-Cubs um, on Monday on the score, which is going to be fun. Yes, I get to do a game with Coombe um, tomorrow. But anyway, I, 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 Frankie Montas hasn't moved yet, right? That was That's much more intriguing to me. I know he mm. has only had one year of excellence last year with the A's, but it was high-level excellence. Former White Sox prospect from long, long, long ago. But, um, look, I, I know that there have been Andrew Vaughn rumors, and that's scary to think about. There's no way you would have done that for one year of Sean Manaya, for two years of Frankie Montas. Yeah. Uh, it's more worth a consideration to me now that you have A.J. Pollock, who is probably going to opt in to the final year of his contract next year. That means you've got two years of him um, along with the positional core that you have. So. I would actually consider that. I would consider Andrew Vaughn as part of, you know, or as the deal for Frankie Montas, because that's two years of a top-line starter, and that's who Montas is right now. So, um, but, and maybe you can do it without Vaughn, and that's fine, and you can, you know, we can talk about that with younger guys or whatever, but, so that that dream to me is not dead. I do think they need another arm. They, um, 
they they believe that they can wait uh, in all likelihood, in which case they might do something in the first couple months of the season, and it might do something as the deadline arrives, which Rick Hahn spoke very clearly about the other day. So, look, the Pollock acquisition makes me feel a whole lot better about the offseason, frankly, uh, the overall offseason. And now I do feel like they need one more arm, but it doesn't have to be right now if you don't like the deals that are being presented. Speaks more of this coming up starting next week. Is that hit and run back full roar? Hit Sunday? and run, re- hit and run returns a week from today, 9 a.m. to noon every Sunday. Sean Sears is my new producer. You know Sean well from yeah, your overnight. overnight. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we give Sean a sixth day of work, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with him. And Brennan Davis, the Cubs' young prospect, the number one Cubs prospect, will be on the show a week from today. Um, there will definitely be uh, a great Sox angle for a week from today as well, and I'm looking forward to. Sunday mornings doing baseball once again. Very excited. Cool, man. So today, tomorrow, and Tuesday filling in for Pat Hughes and Zach Zaidman and those guys are whoever needs a breather. Spiegel is there <laughs> to yeah, gobble saying. up. You are, you're like you're like at a moment's notice in Chicago to go to Arizona at all or anywhere the Cubs are. Is that part of I, your contract? Well, it's yes, yes. I mean, let, let's go, baby. But yeah, I said yesterday. Yes. At one point, I said, "Hey, it's Matt Spiegel in for Mick Gillespie, who was in for Zach Zaidman, who was in for Pat Hughes." And when it's... when you're fourth in line, when you're fourth in line yeah. for the Cubs play-by-play chair, that comes with a sense of of, of gratitude oh. and responsibility. You know what I mean? You have come a long way since being tenth in line on Saturday suckage. I mean, that was like this 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 new lineup you have is so much better. <laughs> Groats, you're the best. All right, Spiegel. Have a great call, man. I will talk to you later. All right. I've got the – I have the walk-off on my phone. Mitch sent it to me, so I can send it to you if you'd like, by the way. Can you you just recreate it for us on the – we're doing old-timey radio. The live band is coming in in a second to play us out. Here's Spiegel now with this home run call from yesterday. Yeah, there was a Peter Brady voice crack somewhere in there, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll, well, you know what? I bet you we'll be able to find it before this show is over. So, uh, Spiegel, right, brother. you're Thanks, the goods, Mark. man. Yep. Okay, buddy. Take care. That is uh, Matt Spiegel. And, God, I, I, I think I, I recognize the sound. Like, you tell he was heading into a quiet place, not the movie, like that he had to kind of talk. He kind of went into golf tones a little bit there, did Spiegel. And I understand that because he might have been walking in a press box, which is smaller there than at Wrigley well, actually not that much but it sometimes you just got it you have to respect the workplace so you got to keep it toned down I'm just guessing I'm just guessing that that is what happened but yeah all very interesting talking about the the Cubs and a eh, for the preseason it was a very dramatic win Grayson Bird the son of Paul with a three-run homer in the ninth inning and then the Seiya Suzuki Say you later, alligator. That too. So that was pretty cool. Uh, also on the Cubs, by the way, yes, the mystery is over. Kyle Hendricks will be the opening day starter for the Cubs. I don't believe that, unless I missed it, that David Ross has given his rotation, like the exact sequence, I would imagine. It goes a little something like this. Kyle Hendricks, Marcus Stroman, um, boy, the first two were very easy in this game. I decided to play. Well, Wade Miley is hurt, right? Or is it Drew Smiley? Or is it Smi- Guy Smiley? No, Wade Miley is the one that's hurt. 
And so Drew Smiley could find himself in there with maybe Alec Mills and then maybe pick one or the other, Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson, depending on the matchups, lefty or righty. It's a way to look at it. Boy, that is that is a tough exercise right now, isn't it? Isn't that symbolic? What I just did is symbolic of the, the big holes in the Cubs starting staff still with the only two that you could just confidently say, number one and number two, Hendricks and Stroman. Not while well, Wade Miley is hurt. It, it gets a little difficult beyond that with the Wade Miley's and the Drew Smiley's and the, the Alec Mills's and the rest of the crew. And who knows? Who knows who I'm, I'm missing? Like there could be a wild card starter that I'm not even thinking about or they haven't really let on about. So, yeah, I guess it, it, it good thing they have a, a, a in my opinion and no doubt about it start. I and I think Stroman gets that. I mean, Kyle Hendricks is a World Series champion and has been nothing but good for the Cubs. So, that makes sense, but when you really try to play the 3-4-5 game at this moment, that is a bad game to play. I don't I don't plan to play that game anymore today. 312-644-6767 is the number if you'd like to call or to text. 312-644-6767. I am on Twitter as well. At Mark Grody Sports is the way to do that if you want to get in. And uh, you could also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, Mark underscore Grody. I like to hang out on Instagram too. Not very sportsy there. But I do like to hang out on Instagram just like I know you guys do. There was a Bulls loss last night and another bad one, 127 to 109. We will tell you exactly what it means next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Mark Grody with you on a Sunday morning on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I just looked out the window, and I see out of my peripheral vision, I'm seeing brightness. So I'm hoping that it is nice outside right now. I have not set foot outdoors, but I am hoping that on this love, I hope it's a lovely Sunday because Sundays are meant for loveliness. I mean, what other day could you associate that adjective with other than Sundays? Sundays are lovely. They they just are. 312-644-6767 is the number. Great to have you with me. I will be here with you until noon on the score. The Bulls didn't go so well for them last night. A 127-109 loss to the Miami Heat. And it is truly astounding. You've heard it before, but it's worth mentioning it again because it's ugly. The Bulls are 0-17 against the top three teams in both conferences. That is rough. Not even like a lucky accidental win in one of those games. Not even a fluke. Not even a DeMar DeRozan special. Like, where is everybody else? Like, that is, that's harsh to think about. That the Bulls, like, it's harsh in terms of what are we supposed to expect in the playoffs? If the playoffs started today, 
the Bulls would be playing the Boston Celtics. And you're, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, yeah, that's tough. I don't want to do that. But is there any team, I mean, that you look at, like in the top seven even? Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, Cleveland. Like, there's any matchup. There are no good matchups left for the Bulls is, is the way it feels, especially when the postseason comes because they have not proven that they could beat winning teams. And, and I do think, you know, you can go with the clean slate theory if you'd like to subscribe to that because I know people do. Like, the, the, the regular season, forget everything that just happened there. It's a, it's a brand-new slate for everybody. There are too many, like, actual things, though, that you look at with the Bulls and you can say that this has not been good for a long time, and there's it's not going to magically get better when the postseason starts. Because that's kind of what it would be. Like, if the Bulls' defense all of a sudden became locked down, like, that would be kind of magical. Like, it's not realistic to think. I mean, guess what? Alex Caruso is back. Patrick Williams is back. And... The, the Bulls last night, both those guys played. And, yeah, by the way, Alex Caruso missed some time in the third quarter because his back was acting up. So put, couple that with the wrist, by the way. But Miami is a team that averages 109 points per game. The Bulls gave up 127. So, yes, Miami pound for pound has shown that it is a better team than the Bulls, but their trick is not necessarily scoring a lot of points. And they did score a lot of points on Patrick Williams's and on Alex Caruso's watch. Your, your full, you know, force defense minus Lonzo Ball, who, you, who I think we just have to learn that to live without for the rest of this year. But h- how is that going to get any better? I mean, guys can shoot better. Guys can get hot from three, like Kobe White, who's been like on a horrible streak lately. He like that could happen. That could happen. He he might get hot in a game and score 25 or something crazy like that. Like new season, you could somebody can get hot and shoot well. That that I could maybe Vucevic maybe as a triple double somewhere in the postseason. But somehow to to th- like real things like communicating on defense. Hey. That guy's about to blow you up with a screen like Alex Caruso did last night when he ran into Wayne Deadman and nobody communicated with him. That's been going on a lot. Like, so those aren't things that you can just fix in in the overnight. I mean, that is in the overnight or fix overnight leading into whoever you play in the postseason. That's not all of a sudden going I mean maybe some communication issues will get better I mean because that's I would think that that's easy to communicate to your players hey when he's about to come here come here come here come here when you see that guy running you you, you turn over you have to tell him you have to communicate with him about that that you're just about to run into a wall of Dwayne Deadman that that has like okay that can be communicated but that's that's defense is a big problem, and we've seen team after team after team exploit finding the weak spots and exploiting it and using, especially on pick and roll offenses against the Bulls, just exploiting that like play after play after play. I remember the the San Antonio game earlier this year at San Antonio, like fourth quarter, it was pick and roll, pick and roll, pick, like every play. Here here it comes, try to stop it, and it's then and the the Bulls weren't, so they they seem to be easy to game plan for or exploit during the course of a game. 
And that is what I worry about more than anything with the Bulls, really, is the defense. And we talked about the, the, the offensively, the, the, there is one area that is gone cold at the wrong time is that the the Bulls, they are struggling from three. Nine for 34 last night. That's 26.5%. 34% in the last 19 games the Bulls are from three. And during those 19 games, that is close to last, 27th in the NBA. So you, you ain't playing great defense, and you're not hitting very important threes. Because a lot of those misses are now... Or some, I don't know how many, but it's DeMar DeRozan getting trapped and throwing out of those traps or double team, however you want to phrase it. And guy pops open. Here's your chance at a three. Nope, missed. That's that's. I think those are some of the shots. Plus, Kobe White has been really cold too. He's not helping the he's not helping the grade <laughs> at this point. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. So there are things that like I guess I said like with three. Like you can get hot again, like that I will give you. Like offensively, you can. It's just some of the the rudimentary things that have gone on on defense and sometimes on offense too. Like some things, just basic things that there is not a lot of comfort in, you know. And Patrick Williams is getting he, he's improving game to game. It doesn't look like he's not close to being somebody you would consider dangerous. He's got moments. You know, he had the back-to-back blocks on possessions last night, rejections. Like, that's great. And, and, and like, I am by no means giving up on, on Patrick Williams. But he's got, he's got a ways to go, man. He's got a lot of stuff to work out. And that's going to come with a ton of practices and a ton of coaching. Like, there's guys. Like, this is a Bulls team that no matter what happens, as mature as they are, at the DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Vucevic area, they got some guys like Io DeSumo and Kobe White and the rest of, and the, you know, a couple other of these guys that, that need to be coached, Patrick Williams, to be coached and to mold their games. Like this is like, this is a really important coach for the Bulls in terms of that or staff. In terms of that, because we don't know what Patrick Williams is. We'd like to think that there's some, you know, high areas where he could potentially go as a player, but we have no idea. There's a lot of things that got to be worked in and out of Patrick Williams, I think. Same thing with Kobe White. I mean, do we, I, I lean more towards, I think we're seeing what Kobe White is going to be a really good sixth man who can come on and sometimes he's going to be really hot and he can hit a lot of really tough shots. He's a tough shot maker like, like Zach Levine, but I, I th- but that's you know who knows who knows I mean that could still take some coaching and and nurturing and same with Io Dosumu I mean is is Io Dosumu a next level player in the NBA is he really I mean there was a period of time this year where he was playing like a guy I'm like oh, are we seeing a star like I mean is he just is he just good for a rookie like you always have to keep that measuring stick around is he good or is he good for a rookie I thought is does he actually just not just good for a rookie, but is he actually good for a veteran player and good, like, like really could be a star guy. And then now it's like, he, he is normalized, still effective and still needed. And, but who knows what the, the next level or not level is for Iowa to but the point is 
there's a ton of coaching that Billy Donovan is going to have to do, you know, assuming they keep all these guys too. I mean, and that's the other part about how this team, because they're going to look at this year and what went wrong and what they still need. And they still feels like they need that badass presence. And they've gotten some of that with Tristan Thompson, no doubt about it, but it doesn't feel like it's full there still. Like you just don't have that, enforcer guy in a, in a lighter way of saying it just does there there is there's like like bam out of bio the way he plays the game the bulls don't have one of those and i get it he's that's kind of an extraordinary example because he's a pretty extraordinary player but so like bobby portis like bobby portis bobby portis look really good on this this bulls team somebody can play defense somebody who can get hot sometimes but you're not necessarily depending on to score and maybe that's patrick williams down the road who knows you know i hope he's better than bobby portis but you know the bulls just don't really have that and hey god bless tristan thompson he is is into every game as any player it's like he's been there the whole year it feels like that like, he is invested, and who knows where he'll be after this year, but for now, he has given his whole self to the Bulls. Hasn't Tristan Thompson? Like, he really, like, a lot of guys will ease their way in on teams and just kind of have that happy to be there. He's out here getting technicals and yelling at guys in the on the bench. I mean, he's really putting his all into it, directing traffic, making friends, talking out of turn about uh, you know it being a rough game against Grayson Allen and Milwaukee, but but all of it's been okay though because the Bulls don't really have that guy. But I don't know that I've ever seen a guy just come up on stage and take the mic from the regulars and say, "I this is this is now my time to talk. I'm just going to go over and do this." <coughs> Excuse me, um, and everybody is going to be be looking at you because you have taken over. The place. Sorry, the cough button is just a disaster right now. So I'm sorry that you all had to hear me sneezing on the air. But we actually do have to take a break right now um, from the text line two two one seven. How is Dave the cat? Uh, Dave the cat right now is in my room, presumably sleeping on the bed. This is again an odd time. I do the, I do a lot of overnights here on the score, and. Dave has just finally figured that out and sort of associated with his sleep schedule. But now when I do this, just just throws the whole the whole ecosystem <laughs> in my place has been thrown off. So that's the Dave the cat report. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Welcome back in on the score. I am Mark Grody. I will be here with you until noon. You got time to squeeze in a call or a text if you would like at 312-644-6767. And we found it. We found it. The lost audio files of 670. The score had eluded us and escaped us because of a glitch. The glitch has been found and scolded and taken care of. And that means that yesterday there was magic on the score. Actually, I haven't heard it yet, so I will withhold judgment. But the Cubs beat the Angels 5-4 to four in a preseason game, obviously. Seiya Suzuki had already homered. Our very own Matt Spiegel in for Zach Zaidman and Pat Hughes 
was, or whoever he was actually in for, he was in for one of those guys. He got to call a very exciting moment in the ninth inning with the Cubs down a run or two. One and two, the count. The delivery from Chris Defack is hit hard towards left center. Outfielders on the run. That one is up and gone for a walk-off three-run homer for Grayson Bird. The Cubs win it over the Angels. Five to four here at Sloan Park in Mesa. Welcome to spring training 2022. Grayson Bird, the Angels walk away unhappy look at the smiles on these minor leaguers (laughs) that was good Spiegel that was good Spiegel with the call and he got like he he said it Matt said it he was on with us at 11 if you want to check out the talk that Spiegel and I had he warned me he said there is a little bit of voice crackage going on but it was the proper amount of jubilant surprise which i think is is what you have to have or that's what the emotion is right like when your team hits like a walk-off home run you're not expecting you're hoping the hell for it but you're not expecting it so it's kind of a surprise every time your team hits a walk-off homer a little bit of that surprise emotion is emitted to go along with jubilation and if you listen to spiegel he had both of those in him so that was a good call. Yeah, might round out the crack a little bit, you know, smooth it out, get a little bit of extra fine sandpaper right there. Get that. But everybody cracks every once in a while. That's that's what I've heard and seen. Most most guys at some point in time, it's um, yeah, the, the voice is is a, a fickle thing. It is it is natural. You can't fake that. So nice job by Spiegel. On the the Grayson Bird home run. Who's Grayson Bird anyway? Well, he's an infielder for the Chicago Cubs. He was a 24th round pick in 2019. And now he has that. You may never hear his name again, like going forward, until 20 years ago when he's brought up ironically. Hey, Speaks, remember when you did your first call and it was great? Oh, my God. And maybe Grayson Bird works at the score by then. Who knows? Who knows how it goes down? But that, that is, like, sometimes we hear about these guys, and then poof, these guys are so say. They're gone, and you never, we hardly knew ye. What we do know about ye, though, is that Grayson Bird, like I told you, he's a 24th rounder in 2019. And yes, yes, he is the son of a Paul, Paul of the Birds, who was a pitcher who played a really, really long time in baseball, had a really good career. Not great, but good, and uh, maybe that's what uh, Grayson Bird is is heading towards. But Spiegel will do uh, today's game tomorrow and Tuesday as well. So good for Speaks getting in some reps before the the real season starts, and I assume that he'll probably do in a bunch of of games as well throughout the, the regular season when Pat or Zach is not able to be there or they have a natural built-in day off or whatever whatever the case may be. I was talking about this on the Overnight Show, which, again, I will not assume that any of you guys have heard. I think the Cubs are, at best this year, average, probably a little bit less than average, but I don't think that they have a bottom drops out roster where the wickets open and the losses are just embarrassing and you have 
you know, like last year where they have a 14 game losing streak. Like, I don't think the Cubs have that this, this year, like where it's going to be, you know, pre, you know, 2012 when Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer came here. I don't see that happening because there's just enough. There's just enough. And there are, there are things that I find interesting or maybe intriguing is the better word. Like, and I know they're kind of the low-hanging fruit, but Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom, like, I am really curious to see what their seasons are this year. Like, is, are they really both late bloomers that are on to something big? Because they played big last year. Now, the lights were off in the figurative sense, and the stage had dwindled, the crowds were gone, and it just, it, it was a time to shine if you thrive in, in the low pressure when you're not playing for anything except for your personal career, which I guess would go a long way in one's mind. And it seems that Schwindel and Wisdom seem to embody that and take advantage of that more than anybody on that roster last year. Are they anywhere close to actually being that? And I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm open to the possibility. I'm skeptical, but I'm more just interested and intrigued than anything to see that play out, to see what they actually are. Or are we looking at a thing where uh, one of them comes back down to earth and is not even on the roster by, by the, you know, the third month of the season? So I find that interesting. I think Seiya Suzuki is very interesting, too, just because of the unknown. The What we've heard about him and seen from him with the two-run homer yesterday, like it sounds like a pretty good product, but there's translation issues potentially going from the Japanese game to the, to the American game, that there are some adjustments that he'll have to make for sure, and just the natural adjustment that anybody has to make hitters for the first time and sometimes that works in the hitters favor so or the or sometimes it can't work in the pitchers favor too but i find him very fascinating so you got those three guys schwindel wisdom and suzuki i am interested in nick madrigal just because that touches both sides of town and i sensed as soon as nick madrigal was traded by the Sox, the it seemed like white Sox twitter and the public you know, the, the, the loudest of the Sox fans didn't really care that Nick Madrigal was gone. Like, I think that they appreciated him, but they were, they, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I did not get the feeling at all that White Sox fans were the least bit upset that they wouldn't have little Nicky Madrigal around anymore, which kind of surprises me because there was so much love for him in terms of uh, two, what they call him, two strike Nicky or whatever. Like, and he's great. He is great with two strikes, but it was like kind of like folk hero stuff going on. And then he gets traded, and everybody's like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> he doesn't hit home runs, really. It's, uh, he's not that great at, at defense. He's not a ter- great base runner. And like, but so I am curious to see if that's all true, because like all of a sudden the real scouting reports come out. Like, isn't that funny how that works? Like, you hear all the public glow from the team and everybody saying, you know, all the, the great things. And then as soon as he traded, you get the real stuff. And the real stuff is, eh, 
we weren't really that into you, actually. Sorry. We built you up because that's part of the game here. We got a game to play. The game within the game. We got to create value for you, but eh, we're okay without you. So I'm, I'm really curious. Like, this is not a vindictive thing at all. I am curious as if White Sox fans and those who cover the White Sox are right about that. Are they right? Or is Nick Madrigal a high, is his pedigree match his potential and where he tops off in baseball? Because if the pedigree matches it, he could be a star at second base. I doubt it, but I'm interested in it. And that is all the time that I have. This is fun. It's been a really fun show this morning. I'm glad I got to do it. Step out of the overnights and into the Sunday mornings. Thank you so much to Matt Spiegel coming on. Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. Thank you to Andy Garcia from Westwood One at the Final Four. Our producer, Cesar Perez. Terrific work. I am Mark Grody, and I will talk to you, and I mean this, I will talk to you when I talk to you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.